five, t- 10 years ago, if you would have said that I was a control freak, I would have said, absolutely not. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, as long as everything goes exactly the way I wanted to, I'm <laughs> right. fine. Right. <laughs> that's not control. Right. That's my control. That's excellence. Right. right? That's, that's excellence. just striving for excellence. Oh, hey, friends, you are going to love today's show. I'm talking to Jennifer Dukes Lee. We talk about control. We talk about being the kind of person who doesn't have a problem with control, as long as everything goes perfectly. Oh, yes, we go there. We also talk about slowing down. Oh, all the things. You are going to love today's show. Jennifer Dukesley is author of several books. She's a regular contributor to Dayspring's Encourage and Proverbs 31 Ministries. She and her husband live on the fifth generation Lee family farm in Iowa. You're going to love our interview. I just want to remind you of a couple things quickly. Coaching is open. Grab your spot. If you're not sure coaching is for you, go to compare slash coaching and you can grab a 10 minute time and we'll just chat for 10 minutes. And you can see if you think it'd be helpful for you or not. So grab a time today and let's get you on a road to being free from body image issues in 2022. I would love that. Also, if you're interested in supporting the show, the Patreon page is functional. There are several different ways you can support the show there. Hey, I'd love to have you join at a level where you can be part of our Patreon community where we meet every month. So go to comparedtowho.me slash podcast and scroll to the bottom. You can find out about Patreon there. Or if you're already a Patreon user, just look for compared to who on there. I think that we're going to have a good time in this community. So I really hope that you will be there. Welcome to Compared to Who, the podcast to help you make peace with your body so you can savor God's rest and feel his love. If you're tired of fighting body image the world's way, Compared to Who is the show for you. You've likely heard lots of talk about loving your body, but my goal is different. Striving to fall in love with stretch marks and cellulite is a little silly to me. Instead, I want to encourage you and remind you with the truth of scripture that you are seen, you are known, and you are loved no matter what your size or shape. Here, the pressure is off. If you're looking for real talk, biblical encouragement, and regular reminders that God loves you and you're not alone, you've come to the right place. I hope you enjoy today's show and hey, tell a friend about it. Jennifer, thanks so much for being on the Compared to show today. It's so good to be here. We've known of each other and supported each other's work for a while now. So how cool is this? I love it. And you were such a huge encouragement to me when compared to who came out. I don't know if you remember this or not, but you sent me a Facebook message like the morning after compared to who launched. And you told me that the book had made like the, you know, the Amazon bestsellers list overnight. And that was such an encouragement to me. So Thank you for that. You know, I think it's good when authors do that for other authors or school teachers do that for other school teachers, doctors for other doctors. Like when you're in the thick of whatever your vocation is to have other people coming alongside and just like, Hey, I get it. Or moms supporting other moms. Right. right? So let's cheer each other on. That's right. I love it. Well, so today we're going to talk about something that might seem like the opposite of cheering each other on. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) I 
guess it's all about how you look at it. That's right. Today we're going to talk about control. Oh yeah. And I have a theory that my listeners have heard me espouse many times, but our people here and compared to who land, we kind of struggle with our body image sometimes. And we kind of struggle with comparison sometimes. And I have a theory that wherever you find body image issues, you also find approval issues mm-hmm. and you also find control issues mm-hmm. that those three are like BFFs and they're just hanging out together. They're like a little click. <laughs> they, once yes. you get in the click, they don't want to let you out. And so you wrote a book on control a couple books ago called it's all under control. And so I thought, Hey, maybe you'd be a great person to have a conversation about control with. And, you know, actually where I want to start though, is not with the control book, but with your first book, which was called love idol, which came out what, 2016, 17, 14, 14. Oh my goodness. Mm-hmm. Boy, all the you know, COVID makes time. Yeah, that was <laughs> my relevant. first book. Your first yeah, book. Yeah. And so you kind of confess a little bit in there to having a bit of this struggle with approval and maybe wanting everyone to like you. Am I on the right track here? Oh yeah. Not just kinda. (laughs) I think the first line of that book was, I haven't even met you yet, but I already want you to like me. Something like that. And I mean, you know, Heather, that's even the way I confess it's my default. Like on this podcast right now, my default is I hope Heather likes me in the same way that she likes me in my words. I hope that listeners like me. And I think that is the natural reaction in life. Um, you know, we're, it's, it's ingrained into us. We want the love and approval of our parents and we get into school and we want the love and approval of our teachers and their respect. We want to figure out where we fit in with our peers and on and on it goes. And that need and that craving for love and approval from people can sometimes surpass our craving for the love and approval of God. And I wrote a book about that because I was an approval junkie. I write books Mm -hmm. for all of my problems, which means that I'll just (laughs) forever have books to write about control issues, approval (laughs) issues, Uh, you know, I, so that's just one of my many problems, but, um, yeah, that was an eye-opening exercise for me to realize I am so addicted to, to, uh, to approval Mm -hmm. and my approval ratings. Yeah. And, and so how do you think approval and control connect? Do you see any connections there? Absolutely. I, um, you know, like if you have, well, I call these things love idols and they're, Mm -hmm. you know, you can make a lot of things an idol, Mm -hmm. even the love and approval of people. So that's why it's called the love idol. And so, um, if you, if you really want to be loved and that is an idol for you, if you really want to be liked by your peers or, you know, other women or a guy or, you know, whatever it happens to be, you are going to move heaven and earth to make that happen. Mm -hmm. Um, and so that comes out in a lot of ways. Like I will control the way my body looks. Mm -hmm. I will control my face with a certain kind of cream. Mm -hmm. I will control the way my hair looks. I will control how many steps I take in a day. I will control how much I put into my body. Mm -hmm. Um, I will control how many calories I burn. 
And then even into things that aren't related to our body, I will control what my house looks like Mm -hmm. so that it fits a certain aesthetic. I will control what I put out on Instagram because I want it to look a certain way and get a certain number of likes. So they are absolutely intertwined and not for everybody, but for, you know, where that Venn diagram hits of Mm -hmm. people with approval (laughs) issues and control issues, which apparently a lot of your listeners are in that space. We just want to say, we see you, we don't judge you. And, you know, we've been in the thick of it too, and we're working our way out of it. (laughs) Right. Right. And I mean, that's, that's kind of, I was going to use the verb vibe. And then I realized that my teenagers would all like cringe. (laughs) (laughs) Now I'm lost for another word, but you know, I mean, that's, I feel like part, there's a liberation, if you will, and just kind of airing it like, yep. Okay. Control. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that may be a struggle for me. And mm-hmm. I, I feel like this is a place where a lot of people are like, yeah, <laughs> oh yeah, right. I do that too. But I think there's so many different ways that we picture control. I don't know. And I can't even think of a, a perfect uh, television or movie illustration, but I think like you hear the word control and you think dominance. Mm-hmm. right? Or, you know, military drill sergeant or something like that. But I think control is a lot more subtle than that. Don't you think? It was, right. what, what are some ways that you see control, you know, in action? Right. So, you know, I think that a lot of us wouldn't say we're control freaks because mm-hmm. we do think that is synonymous with a narcissistic controlling ruler. Maybe we've been in a relationship where we've been really in a situation of being controlled in a very unhealthy way. It's all under control is not for that person. Mm -hmm. Um, It's all under control. And the control issues that we're talking about here are much more subtle and much more pervasive. And so, you know, like five, 10 years ago, if you would have said that I was a control freak. I would have said, absolutely not. Mm -hmm. I mean, like, as long as everything goes exactly the way I wanted to, I'm fine. Right. (laughs) That's not control. Right. That's my control. That's excellence. Right. That's That's just striving for excellence. That's right. And it's, (laughs) it's such a fine line because some of the people who really are, you know, like high achieving, high capacity people have control issues Mm -hmm. and, um, Also, people who aren't high achieving and high capacity people have control issues. So um, I imagine that not everybody, but probably some people here are parents. And that is a place that that it really can reveal itself. So we've all heard the term helicopter parent. Mm -hmm. That's an example of control. None of us wants to be that kind of a parent, but probably at one time or another, we all have been. Um, If anybody's ever tracked their kids on Find Friends or, you know, that 360 app, you know, like obsessively refreshing, that's, I mean, it it is a form of control. It's also, you know, it's a fine line. It's also a form of making sure my kids are okay. But there's actually a new phenomenon now, um, not just helicopter parents, but lawnmower parents. Mm -hmm. These are parents who go before the child to set out the path, to cut Mm -hmm. the path for the Mm -hmm. kid to get them to the right college or into the right career or to help them find the right group of friends. And it's all in the name of, of helping them. But I mean, that is absolutely 
a form of control. I mean, the sorts of passive aggressive comments that I might make to my husband uh, about the way that, you know, the dishwasher is uh. <laughs> put together. I mean, that really is a form of control. Um, how, you know, like how we deal with um, our New Year's resolutions. And so many people are on this whole new year, new you kick as if the old new wasn't any good. And so it can become a sort of uh, control issue there. Like I need to control what goes into my body. I need to control, um, you know, how much activity I have. And it becomes a very ungrace-filled environment for us to yeah. live in as people to our own selves, but also to those around us. Yeah. Um, it, it, it is so weird because a lot of times control, it, it's seen as such a negative thing, but honestly, a lot of the reasons that people are trying to control certain things is like because they care. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, I might try to control certain things um, in my kids' lives because I love them so intently and I want things to go well. I might try to control things. Um, like if something happens at church, you know, like there's an action, there's like a, an event that we're going to have at church and I want everything to go just perfectly. Not because I want to be an annoying control freak, but because right. I really love the women that I'm serving at church. Right. And so I think just having an awareness about the different ways that control can come into play is really important because we all want to connect with all those people. We all want to connect with our spouse. We want to connect with our kids. We want to connect with our friends at church. We want to connect with the people we're serving, but we cannot connect and control them mm -hmm. at the same time. It right. just doesn't work. I cannot connect with my girls if I'm trying to control their lives. Yeah. I cannot connect with God if I'm trying to control, which is, it, but I, Ooh. you know, we do that. We try to, I, I can't connect with God if I'm trying to control what he's going to do with my life. So yeah, it comes out <laughs> well, in a lot of ways. Right. Hey, hey there, friend. Have you read The Burden of Better yet? The Burden of Better is my book that's all about comparison, but really it's about how to let go of all of the ideals you have driving the way you think you should look, the way you think your family should be, the way you think your home should be, all the things. If you are looking for someone to take the pressure off and show you a new way to live in Christ, a life filled with grace and not comparison, then you want to read The Burden of Better. So snag a copy today, Amazon, ChristianBook.com, Walmart.com, wherever you get your Christian books, grab a copy or download the Kindle copy. And guess what? At the end of this month and at the end of March and at the end of April, we're going to go through the book together. So grab a copy today so you'll be ready for our little virtual podcast book club. Friends, I think this book can change your life. I know so many of you have read Compared to Who, and I'm grateful for that. And it blesses me so much to hear how Compared to Who has worked in your life life. But friends, let me tell you, the burden of better will touch you maybe even more than compared to who did. So check it out today. Well, you said about the find my, is it find my, I don't, I don't find have friends, find, find my, my friends, friends yeah. find, but I was thinking like someone heard that and thought, 
oh, I do that for my husband. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Um, and you know, and I'm actually not like tech savvy enough to do that. And my kids don't have phones. I'm sure as soon as they do have phones, that that will be a feature that I learned, but my kids track my husband all the time and he'll get home and they'll be like, how was lunch at Panda Express? And I'll be like, how do you know that? (laughs) But, but I, I'm sure a relevant example (laughs) for a lot of women listening today, but I was thinking about, you know, you're right. Like if you're planning an event, being a control freak, using the word freak generously, right? But but being <laughs> being a control freak is an asset to some careers. That's right. right. Like, like like you want a perfectionistic accountant. Yeah, and like right? my dad. My dad has had so many surgeries. I want somebody in there to control the bleeding. Right. I want a type A control freak doing dad's surgery. Right. <laughs> right. And so it's kind of a strange line to find. I it think. Is. Right. Like, well, okay. When have I crossed the line? And I was thinking, I. I read this decades ago. I couldn't even tell you who wrote it. So I apologize, whoever should be getting credit for this, this line, but it was, it it struck me because in my twenties, I struggled a whole lot more with wanting everything to be perfect in every way, but I was also doing event planning. (laughs) So it it was a good fit then, but I Mm -hmm. read, I read a line about over wanting to listen to other people's conversations as being connected to control. Hmm. And that was the first time. Have you heard, heard of that? I heard that. And, and so that, and it came back to me this morning as I was kind of thinking about this interview, because it was like, yeah, that is one of those things where when you have that kind of, I want to be in control, I want to be in the know kind of mentality, if you will, you know, you're standing outside of your kid's school and you know, the moms over here are talking about one thing and, the mom, and you're just kind of the one like, let me just see. Oh, that's interesting. <laughs> not necessarily for the purposes of gossip, but for the purposes of knowing everything that's going on, I have to be in the know. Mm-hmm. And I, I, don't, I was just, I was curious if that, if that had uh, struck you as a connection point to control. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure there are a number of people who like go through their kids' diaries and journals and, Mm -hmm. you know, see what's going on. And depending on your parenting philosophy, that could either be a form of control Mm -hmm. or it could be a form of making sure your kid's safe. You Mm -hmm. know, I think that the line isn't straight and it's not Mm -hmm. black and white. It's so gray. And I think it's it's why it's really important to have these conversations with people we trust. Mm -hmm. It's important to have these kind of conversations with God it's important to have these kind of conversations with ourselves to figure out what is this doing? Like, is this level of control and worry actually um, helping anything or is it just stressing me out? Like if I, you know, I, I also track my husband mm-hmm. sometimes um, on his phone and he's a farmer and um, farming is a very dangerous occupation. Absolutely, mm-hmm. um, People get in accidents all the time. There's huge equipment. There's all kinds of things with uh, the, the buildings where some, some of the equipment is stored and grain bins and really some dangerous things. And so when Scott doesn't get home on time, mm-hmm. I'll look for where he is. And mm-hmm. I know where all of the buildings are and where the bins are. And if he's close to one of those, pretty soon I'm planning his funeral. Mm -hmm. Pretty soon I'm in tears because Mm -hmm. I'm imagining he's already gone. And so that's an example of control-based worry Mm -hmm. that serves nothing. My Mm -hmm. checking him, 
one time to make sure he's safe is is different than obsessively uh, worrying and taking it next level right. to where I am planning a funeral and <laughs> all those things. And I'm yeah. not saying I do that all the time. These are just little examples. And I know that probably somebody's like, that woman is crazy, man. She's crazy. But uh, I think that we, you know, we have to just look at ourselves right. and like, where have I done that? Right. You know, I worry about my parents. My parents are aging. I'm sitting mm -hmm. in the, their basement right now uh, because I'm taking dad to a doctor appointment. And there are so many times I worry about my parents and I want to like double check to make sure they've got their meds arranged right. correctly and all those sorts of things. And at what point am I being a good daughter? And at what point mm -hmm. am I being a control freak? And it's, yeah. it's tough. It's tough to know. Absolutely. Especially with that scenario. Cause I, I know I can relate to that one. My mom had a heart attack and a stroke all at the same time a few years ago. And my parents live thousands of miles away from here. So I flew in to help, but you know, could only stay a couple days, a week maybe, and then trying mm -hmm. to figure out how do I help the situation and in some ways control <laughs> things from afar while not being there. I mean, you know, th that was, that was a moment for me where I had to really turn to God and say, okay, God, I'm going to have to trust you with them, which is, I guess what we have to do with our children and That's our right. husbands and all of our lives. <laughs> right? right. But you, right. you said something a couple minutes ago, and I don't want to gloss right over it. You made the point that control does have an impact on our relationships. Like the way mm -hmm. we are loving people is tainted, maybe you'd say, affected at least by these controlling uh, habits. Mm -hmm. Did you, you feel know, that out a little bit more? Yeah. So, um, you know, I think about um, with my girls and I'm moving more from a sort of uh, I'm the parent who says, these are the things you're going to do. You have to follow my rules. Kind of you're under my roof, you're under our roof to um, a mentoring kind of parenting. So these are stories that are older now because I've moved into a different kind of parenting. Although I will say I'm even more wanting to control now because they're making more of their own decisions and independence. But I think back to where um, control to them has felt like mom doesn't trust me. Mm -hmm. um, control to them has felt like I, I don't know if I can make my own decisions because mom is saying this is what you got to do. Mm. And control can affect the relationship with the child or the relationship with the person, but it also can affect their, their own self-awareness and mm. growth. Mm. If I control and fix things to the point where I don't let my kids make their own mistakes, they're never going to learn. Mm. And a lot of my control, like I, I'll catch myself. I'm like, nope, nope you want to, I know what you're doing, Jennifer, you're trying to keep them from making the same mistakes that you made at age 15. Um, but you became the person you are in your forties now because of the mistakes that you made at 15 and 18 and 25 and all along the way. And so I think that, um, micromanaging other people's lives doesn't really give them uh, room to grow in the way that God wants to grow them. Right. And I think too, you know, controlling uh, what decisions uh, our kids make can make them feel like 
um, like it just takes away their, their own relationship with God. They begin mm-hmm. to lean on mom and dad to, to say, this is what should happen next, rather than turning, mm-hmm. turning to God and making their own decisions. So that definitely affects the relationships. But I think too, you know, in like in friendship, any mm-hmm. kind of, any, any of us who've been in a situation where it felt like a friend was trying to like control who else we hang out with mm-hmm. or what we're going to do or, you know, how come you haven't responded to a text? You know, we can just end up feeling like shame and guilt in those sorts mm-hmm. of situations. And none of us wants to be that person mm-hmm. to make somebody feel that way. But little tiny things, little tiny micromanaging, controlling things can really hurt a friendship. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Or make the other person run. Yeah, <laughs> thousand right. miles an hour, right? That's you right. know, you're like, no, I like that friend. <laughs> Why are they leaving me? That's right. So, yeah, absolutely. I get that. Well, you talked about in your book here, you said it as you, we subscribe to the notion that I'm capable. Therefore I should. Mm-hmm. And I think I, I heard someone recently talk about not confusing our uh, capabilities with our calling. Yeah. And, and I thought that was really a powerful concept because especially like in a church scenario, but, but maybe even outside of that, like I can do this, I can do this, I can do this. And I've, you know, boundaries are a fuzzy thing for a lot of us in this arena too, or saying no is very awkward because then it goes back to that whole approval thing, right? (laughs) They might not like me if I say no, it's all connected. It's all this big money mess, right? But, but we, we talk a little bit about that whole, the concept of calling versus, you know, capacity or capability, which, whichever applies there. A lot of us in situations where we want to give our all and we know that God has given us gifts and we're supposed to use them. Um, and so we look when, when we're asked to do things, we're going to say yes. Mm-hmm. And um, I, like you said, like it's in the book. Um, if I'm capable, then I, I should be saying yes. Um, but you can, we can over yes ourselves to the point mm-hmm. of like not having any, any rest, any time of like, even at church, like I remember it used to be, I'd go, I'd show up at church at eight 30 because I said, I'm capable of doing the coffee. Sure. I can do that. And I'm capable of also bringing cookies today. So I'll do that. And, oh yes, I'm capable of doing Sunday school. So I'll do that. I'm capable of uh, running sound during the actual, uh, the day, you know, the service. So I'll say yes to that. I'm also capable of giving a uh, children's sermon. So I'm going to do that. So a Sunday felt like a, the busiest kind of Monday mm-hmm. ever. I mean, that's how my Sundays used to look like that. Like I wow. would be the first one in the church and the last one to go. Wow. Now um, we, we go to a very small church. And so it's true that we have to wear a lot of hats. All of us have mm-hmm. to wear a lot of hats, but I was wearing so many hats that I like, I could hardly hold my head up. Mm. Um, and it was because I thought I was capable and that this yeah. was God's house. And I had to just do whatever I could. And, you know, it, it, God just seemed to be saying to my heart, but where's the time that you're just going to like sit at my feet? Like, that's what this mm. is about. You know, I thank you right. for serving me, Jennifer. Thank you for serving the people in your church, but it's okay to just sit at my feet. Yeah. You are capable of that. Yeah. And that's what you need to do. Yeah. So, I mean, that would be an area where I really had to, to, to peel back. And I find myself getting into 
it again and again, because I love giving out yeses. Mm. I love helping. I Mm. love um, showing um, my love for others through action. Mm. And so it's difficult for me, but the older I've gotten, it starts to take a toll on my body. I can actually Mm -hmm. feel it. I can actually feel stress. So in my 20s, I could run like that Mm -hmm. and it didn't affect my body. In my 30s, I could even run like that and it didn't affect my body. But when control started having a physical effect Mm -hmm. on my body, that's when I knew that something had to change. Right there with you. (laughs) Right. I mean, and I'm amazed at how much more stress I could handle in my 20s. Like I really, my, my threshold is so much less now, but you know, I, and you, you put this in the book, thinking about the fact that if we say yes to all the things and are trying to do all the things in some ways, we're not allowing someone else to to use their gifts and to to step up. Right. But then in some ways we do that maybe not even consciously. I think for most of us, this is very subconscious, right? But we, we do that because we're kind of like afraid that no one else will do it, right? Like if yeah. I don't say yes, no one else is going to sign up and this thing is going to fail and it's going to, you know, I could have helped it not fail, <laughs> right? Yeah. Or I could do, you know, I could do this better because right? I want to oh, done yeah. my way. You know, right. like, so we have church DJs, like well, that's what we call ourselves okay. because we don't have praise bands. So we play music Okay. Um, on this, and then we have this, the lyrics on the screen. And so, you know, we all have very different styles as church DJs. Mm-hmm. Like there's, there's one, uh, one gal who, uh, is no longer with us. She's lives in heaven now. Um, but she liked to play really rocking kind of uh-huh. songs. <laughs> and then I'm more like Chris Tomlin, reflective, uh-huh. um, Lauren Daigle, uh, you know, and then, then there's, um, another guy that's a church DJ and he plays a lot of like very long Hillsong songs. Okay. And then my mother-in-law is the organist and so, or the pianist. So she plays hymns once, oh, once a month. Okay. So because we're all bringing this different idea of what worship can look like, uh-huh. worship on a Sunday is so wide open at our church uh-huh. like on any given sunday it might be the exact kind of song that a few people over here need and another sunday a few people over here uh-huh. if i thought i had to control it and have all the music be the way that jennifer likes then we just miss the breadth of experience and beauty that right. comes from letting others take the re- take the reins and go with it and that's so right. exciting i think to let people use their giftedness to glorify God and to bring a new flavor to whatever's happening around us. Right. And it takes the pressure off. Yes, right. It because does. I mean, otherwise it's just this unnecessary burden. Like you said, all your hats were too heavy, yeah. <laughs> you know, and I could just picture all these hats, like weighing you down, but it's such a burden, right? It's, That's it's right. so much extra weight that we carry thinking we, you know, kind of have to be little super women and do mm-hmm. all the things and do them all well all the time. Right. And, and I mean, right. I, you know, to some extent culture has taught us that, right. Or told us maybe that that's possible and it just isn't, <laughs> but, um, but we, we tend to wear that. Thank you for listening to this episode. That is part of the spark media network that can now be heard on the edify app.
What's the solution? Can you give me the three easy steps to get rid of control? <laughs> well, we have wrote, like five minutes. Come on. Well, I wrote a 50, I wrote a 55,000 word book and a 25,000 word Bible study that includes, um, you know, all kinds of practical tips and biblical support and biblical ideas for um, loosening control. And it's not like I can give just a, you know, I suppose I can give a few, but um, I think the main thing is uh, a mindset shift. Mm. Um, giving up control is one of the hardest things that we can do. Um, you know, one thing that I do many, many mornings, uh, especially on mornings when I have a lot going on and I feel like there's a lot that I need to be in control of, uh, in control of is to pray, you know, Lord, set the priority for my day. Um, what are your plans for my life today? Lead me down those paths and really um, trusting that God has the best plan in mind and not um, like putting him on your to-do list. Like this is my time with God, but really inviting him in to the, the entirety of a day and taking moments to step back and say, is this control or is this, you know, something that I really need to do? And it can be hard to evaluate that on our own. And so we probably need people in our lives to speak truth into those places. So I, I definitely think that is um, an area. I think another thing that people can do is to reflect back on times where um, something seemed out of control or that you, you know, it didn't go the way you wanted it to. Mm -hmm. And you can only see now looking back how that was actually a really good thing. Mm -hmm. Like I yeah. tried so hard to get that job and I didn't get it. Uh -huh. I tried so hard to make that relationship work and it didn't work. I'm not saying it's always that way, but I think a lot of times we can look on the playback of our lives and see how it was a really good thing that we didn't get our way. Yeah. That God was right after all. Um, there's uh, in the book, I've got a lot of exercises in the back um, that help people one is called the decision tree and it's about, should I hang on or let go? Um, so it starts at the top. Like you ask yourself, has God equipped me to handle this? Mm -hmm. And then if the answer is yes, okay, God made me able through my calling and gifts, but has he said I should, it has, mm -hmm. he said that I should. And then there's a yes yeah. and a no. Yeah. And then over on the no, the no side. So you kind of, you can filter things through that decision tree. And that's really helpful. It's something I use. There's also another um, diagram that takes you through a series of questions. It's called do, delegate, and dismiss. And it helps you figure out which things you're supposed to do, which mm -hmm. things you can actually delegate to somebody else and what you can actually really let go of and mm -hmm. dismiss. So any kind of busyness related control issues can be handled well through that. Um, and so it, it really, there's many questions that for each task you could be like, okay, this is something I'm going to have to delegate. So I, I think those are some real practical tools that people can use. Um, and those are available. Um, if you go to it's all under controlbook.com okay. forward slash resources. Okay. That's what it is. We'll, it's we'll all get under it. controlbook.com. <laughs> and so that those treats, you don't even have to buy the book. I have those okay. um, resources up for people if they want to, they just can't afford the book. It's just not in the cards right now. Those resources are free for them on that okay. site. Awesome.
Awesome. Well, any, any words of encouragement to the Shannon Popkin uses the term control girl. So I'll just kind of borrow that from her. She was on the show talking about this too, but any, any like words of, I don't know, encouragement for the control girl. You know, I think that, um, I would just want to say that, first of all, you're not alone in this Mm -hmm. really all of us. Um, if we get down to it, uh, know that we need to get our control under control. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I want to encourage you that it doesn't mean that you're a narcissist or that you're a bad person. I know that there have been times, whoever's listening, where maybe your control has gotten away. Um, but um, we're God is growing us mm-hmm. through all of these things. Um, he didn't just, you know, we didn't don't just get our, our act together from the beginning of time. Right. He said he brings us here to earth as babies to to, to uh, grow in maturity and faithfulness and all of those kinds of things over time. And so to give grace to yourself, this isn't something that you can simply snap your fingers and it goes <laughs> away. Um, it's, it's, a, it's a trick that the enemy has played on us since the very beginning of time um, at, at a certain tree with a certain piece of fruit. <laughs> and that is that, that um, balance of control is um, just, it's the, the temptation is always there before us. I do think that the closer that we get with God and, and recount his faithfulness, I just encourage people to do that and just stay close to Jesus and um, know that he really does have it all under control, that he right. really does have this. Right. And that's, yeah. that's such good news for yeah. all of us. Absolutely. Well, because a lot of the reason we control is fear. Right. right. Like we're, we're afraid, right. Mm -hmm. Like, like your scenario with not, with wanting to be liked the fear of, you know, will you like me? And then, and then along with that, the control part of, uh Oh, you didn't like me. Well, what does that mean? What does that mean for my future? You know, all all the different places that we spiral and take that. Right. But when we draw closer to God (laughs) and, you know, and that's always the answer. Right. But, but the closer we draw to him, the more we grow our trust in him instead of our own abilities to win friends and influence people. <laughs> there, there's freedom there. So yeah, I, I love that. I love that. Well, Jennifer, thanks so much for being on the show today. Tell everyone where they can connect with all your things. Oh, you know what? You have a new book. Actually, let's just, let's spend, if you have one more minute, let's spend a minute because your new book is pretty awesome. Yeah. I love my new book. And it's awesome for control people <laughs> because we like to do things fast and I think I, I don't know if I heard you say this somewhere or if it's actually in your new book. I don't remember, but did you say that your theme song is I'm in a hurry to get things done? Did you oh, say that I somewhere? Made, I made a reel and yeah, I maybe used that's that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's where I saw that. That's been my theme song forever. So it's a country song by, um, who's Alabama, that? I think is it Alabama. Yeah. So. I'm in a hurry to get things done. I rush and rush until life's no fun. Yep. <laughs> all, I ever, all I really got to do is live and die, but I'm in a hurry. I don't know why, like that That's has right. been my life's mantra, but your new book, you talk about growing slow, which is probably making someone right now say slow. <laughs> what? <laughs> hey, so just talk a little bit about that before we close up. Right. So um, I, um, these are lessons that I learned on the farm. So they're lessons um, from an accidental farm girl on unhurrying your heart. Mm. And um, I have rushed a lot of my life, like get to the next level, get out Mm. the door, uh, find the fastest target line. I mean, it, 
just multitasking and having 15 tabs open at once, <laughs> eating my meals while standing up instead of sitting down and actually eating my meals and enjoying them, mm -hmm. like rushing, figuring out the fastest route home instead of taking the prettiest way home. I mean, there's so many things that I have missed in life because I've been in a hurry. And I wrote a book about what it's like to actually slow down and why we resist it because uh, we're worried that we're gonna lose our job or lose our edge. If we slow down, we'll be afraid of missing opportunities and all those kinds right. of things. And so I took some very deliberate steps at slowing down and it completely transformed my life. And um, yeah. I took all the lessons from from the land because outside the window, I, you know, we plant seeds in the spring and um, we wait for growth to happen in the summer. And sometimes it's not even perceptible day mm -hmm. to day. It just grows little by little. Mm -hmm. And um, then comes the harvest when we finally see that fruit come to be. And then there comes winter, which are times of rest and celebration and remembrance yeah. and healing. And yeah. so I use these lessons from the farm and talk about how we ourselves were built to go through different seasons. Um, and it's not even just those little actions that we take every day about hurry, but we can get really frustrated with our progress. Mm -hmm. So let's say you're trying to grow your Instagram and you want to figure out how can I get a viral post so that <laughs> I can grow my Instagram quickly, or how can I get my book to sell more quickly, or how can I, you know, hit this goal in business or whatever the thing is that's important to you. Most of us aren't uh, satisfied with the growth. Mm -hmm. And we wake up in the morning and we immediately are thinking, I'm falling behind. Mm -hmm. So this book is really for anybody who thinks they're falling behind. Um, it's just an affirming, encouraging book that gives them practical ideas on how to slow it all down and really enjoy life. Oh, I love that. And I've loved your Instagram posts on winter. Yeah. You're learning you know, to love winter. It, it, it's been crazy. And I, I was like, I better stop doing these posts. And, um, I have had more people say, are you going to say any more about <laughs> winter? And I'm like, okay. I mean, cause I've got a lot to say about winter and it's definite winter here. In fact, I had some, uh, students, some teenage girls from a Christian school in our part of the state say, is there any way that you would come down and do a talk at a worship night for us? We'd like you to talk about finding joy in winter. And I was wow. shocked. I mean, like, yeah. these girls were like 17, 18 years old. Right. And so I went and I, I spoke last night about winter and about wow. what it's like to go through winter seasons as a teenager. Wow. But it seems like everybody else is just killing it in summer. Mm -hmm. So yeah, yeah. I need to talk about more awesome. about winter, I guess. Yeah, I guess that's your next book. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Yeah, I love it. Okay. Well, everyone can connect with you at jenniferdukesley.com. Yeah, yeah. Jennifer Dukesley on Instagram, Jennifer Dukesley on Facebook. So all yeah. the places. Awesome. The Jennifer. Places. <laughs> thanks so much for being on the show today. Well, thank you. And thank you for watching or listening today. I hope something in today's episode has helped you stop comparing and start living compared to who is so happy to be part of the Spark Media Network on the Edify podcast app. If you haven't downloaded the Edify app yet, grab it in the Apple store or Google Play store. It's a great place to find lots of encouragement. Thanks again for listening. That's all for today. Bye-bye. 
Oh, hey there. Before you go, if something from today's show blessed you, may I ask a huge favor? Leave a review on your favorite platform. Seeing your five-star reviews is a huge encouragement to me. Not sure how to do it? You can go to comparetohu.me slash podcast, scroll to the bottom, and you'll find all the information. And while you're at comparetohu.me, check out some of the more than 500 articles on there about body image, comparison, all the things you're thinking about. Plus, you can take the free body image quiz. You can find out more about my books, or you can grab a time for a free 10-minute call to see if coaching is right for you. I'm so honored to be a part of your journey out of body image and comparison frustration. And I can't wait to hear how God is working to set you free. Hey friend, would you check out the date on that episode you just listened to? Yeah, it's been a minute. Listening to old podcasts is almost like reading my diary from several years ago. In some cases, it's even a little embarrassing. So instead of listening straight through season by season, can I encourage you to skip ahead? I release brand new episodes every Tuesday and Friday. And if you're not sure where to start, you can go to improvebodyimage.com, find the Start Here button, and I've got several episodes listed and categorized so you can find the topics that are of most interest to you. Your time is valuable, so skip straight to the good stuff. I'm glad you're here. Thanks for letting me be a part of your body image and food freedom journey. The content we feed our minds will eventually show up in our lives. If we feed our minds the lies and confusion of this world, our lives will begin to reflect worldliness. But if we feed our minds the truth of the gospel, our lives will start to reflect the heart and character of Jesus. I'm John Stonge, and each week I host the Dwell on These Things podcast, where we take a deep look at the Word of God and learn what it means to apply it to our lives. We don't skip difficult passages, and we don't gloss over the truth. If you're looking for a show that will put your mind in a better place and help you understand God's Word with more clarity, you can listen to the Dwell on These Things podcast at lifeaudio.com or on your favorite podcasting app.